Hey, Jory. Oh, hey, Cameron. It's been a while. We do not talk in between and whenever we record Mm-mm. things. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what your life is like outside of wrestling talk, and you don't know what mine is like. <laughs> in fact, we didn't know each other before we talk yeah. about wrestling. One time I made a Discord account, and it just it, I just started talking to this guy called Jory. I don't know how we became friends on there, and we were both like, hey, you like wrestling? Yeah, I like wrestling. And then here we are. Here it is. A podcast about wrestling. Coming back. A return to the podcast about wrestling. Jory, what are we talking about today? Well, today, um, we were... If, if you guys were paying attention to the podcast network in... Uh, first weekend of November, uh, you were hiding out from the election, and you wanted mm-hmm. to watch your favorite podcast personalities play video games for charity. We reached a certain incentive to do a show swap, and we were asked very graciously by Jane and Kirsten to talk about the Marmoset Chronicles and how they ha- did some cross-promotion in professional wrestling. Yes, it's uh, the entertainment industry has always had its ties to professional wrestling in some form or another. Uh, Andy Kaufman working with um, Jay the King Lawler in like the 70s, I believe it was 60s, yeah. 70s, 80s. Yeah, it was like the 60s and 70s. Um, like fa- very famously, he would they got into like multiple they had multiple matches. There was a I think it was on David Letterman Lawler like. slapped him and knocked him over onto the floor in the middle of it which fun fact about that (laughs) andy kaufman and lawler were the only ones in on that no one else knew what the fuck was going on that's cool that's really cool um you've had you've had some uh more recently of course you've seen people like john cena and the rock break into the uh break the barrier into hollywood but you know Sometimes there aren't things that go as well as as that, you know? Not mm-hmm. everyone can cross the barrier from in that direction or into the other. Uh, so we're just here to, here to talk about some... Sometimes they tried to get some extra press for these classic movies everyone knows and loves um, while uh, just get to a new audience through professional wrestling. Yeah, wrestling has a demographic of... Mostly men ages 13 to 45, and those are the people that spend the most money on entertainment. So why not try to branch out and uh, get more of those uh, wrestling man dollars, right? Yeah. it's well, as, as a wrestling fan, we're dumb enough to see something advertised on like Monday Night Raw and go, Oh man, I want that. <laughs> yeah, I have tried to buy Ico Pro shirts before. <laughs> And I kind of stopped myself because I'm like, I don't need an Ico Pro shirt. I wasn't even born when that was in the Raw arena, wherever that was. New York, whatever. I don't yeah. need that. So. Um, How many people as, do you think bought Final Fantasy because of Taz? <laughs> you know, I think about it every day, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Same yeah. with the, the, the rare Hardy Boys Majora's Mask commercial. What? I gotta send that to you. <laughs> it's it's really good. Okay. Uh, it's really weird. <laughs> Miyamoto requested it himself. <laughs> so, um, something we we do gotta let you know is that while we do like to use the WWE network to um 
look back and a lot of wrestling stuff. That's what we're going to get back into doing here soon on the regular R feed. This is showing up on the Marmoset Chronicles feed. So um, if, if you're going over there because you want to hear us talk about some wrestling stuff, uh, we're going to have... We're going to start like covering older stuff just because uh, it sucks now with no crowds. But <laughs> yeah, on the network, it is incredibly difficult to... Uh, well, it's not on the network at all to find any of these segments, um, even though WWE owns the tape libraries to things like Mid-South, uh, AWA, the mm-hmm. entire WCW library, even like more recent Monday Night Raws and stuff you'll be surprised to hear about. Uh them having some weird crossovers going on but there's there was um there's some like i believe it's ongoing litigation with uh wwe not paying out money for any of the appearances that were made during these agreements and because of that vince mcmahon cannot show them on his network which is Unfortunate, you have to find like sketchy rips and stuff, and it's it's not worth the trouble. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I we actually uh, got them off of like a torrent site, and then after we were done watching them, weirdly enough, both of our like external hard drives exploded, like just set on fire and started smoking. So maybe don't <laughs> look for this stuff at all. Probably, I don't, <laughs> I'm out like ninety bucks. So. Be, it wasn't be careful. cyberpunk one, was it? No. <laughs> no. It's, and, and I definitely am not eyeing an external hard drive that has Captain America on it. I'm, <laughs> I'm a smart human being. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, the, the first appearance that they made was in, in the late 70s with um, the WWWF. Extra uh-huh. W in there, yeah. Yeah, before before it was the World Wrestling Federation. I think it was like the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Yeah, Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Um, yeah. You just the a lot of those early appearances. Like he also made appearances in like Jim Crockett Promotions, AWA, and like Mid South, to where just the director Laz Patillo, like it cut to like Vince McMahon, uh, would just cut to um, a quick ad read of him just reading off the upcoming movies that he most recently directed in the franchise he he see he didn't look very happy to be there i'm not sure if it was like a studio decision to have him go or if he looks down on wrestling as a medium and felt it beneath him to appeal to like what's considered to be kind of like a a low brow form of entertainment or he could have just had a rough day but he he does not look very happy to be there. I mean, he he maybe he's a big Bruno San Martino guy, and just San Martino wasn't in one of his title reigns, so he's bummed out about that. Rarely not in one of his title reigns. What I've <laughs> read on uh, Reddit, very good source for information, is that Laz was very interested in in ring action and wanted to train, but everyone in the locker room locker room loose term at the time was kind of like hey, you're soft you make movies you can't you can't be here so laz begrudgingly um did these after after being spurned by wrestlers right so that's just something to think about it's just it's you know how wrestling rumors are yeah it could be it could be true it could not be true it could be the other way around maybe he did hate them whatever mm-hmm. it's uh did you did you see recently the undertaker was on the joe rogan experience I thought that was a joke. 
thought it was just a meme someone gobbled together and I saw on Reddit and was like, whatever. <laughs> Unfortunately, he wasn't in character, which was the biggest bummer. Okay. But I, I, th- I think I think the thing that The Undertaker said um, kind of puts, puts, puts it a little bit into perspective, too. Uh, he put it, he said, uh, in that era of guys, too, those were men. You go into a dressing room nowadays, it's a lot different. I remember walking into my first real dressing room, and all I saw were some crusty fucking men. Half of them had guns and <laughs> knives in their bags. Shit got handled back then. Now you walk in, there's guys playing video games and fucking making sure they look pretty. It's evolution, I guess. I don't know what it is. But I just like those airs, man. I liked when men were men. Okay. Thanks, Big Mark. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, mean Mark is a. I, I I think Mean Mark's recent statements there do kind of put that in perspective to where uh, maybe maybe he he like he was in a sour mood because he wanted to like get involved with them and yeah. they they just outright rejected him because of uh, the difference in industries, which is a shame, um, especially because it, it took a while before we saw the crossover between pro wrestling and Hollywood really take place. And. And they're closer than you'd think anyway. Like, it, wrestling is performing, in a sense. So, yeah. And that's why like people like The Rock and Hulk Hogan translated naturally. Maybe not. I was going to say well, but I don't know if the Hulk translated or Hulk Hogan uh, <laughs> translated uh, properly to uh, cinema we watched. What's that movie called? Uh, no no Holds Barred. Barred. Yeah, he's... Uh, uh, that's a, I'm pretty sure that um, Marvel, like, they can't, there was a time where they would refer to Hulk Hogan as Hulk or the Hulk, Hulk, Yeah. but Marvel was like, you can't do that, so yeah. they have to specifically say Hogan or Hulk Hogan, because they can't use the Hulk can, part Can they? Alone. Can they say, I wonder if they can say Hulkster. I think so. I think. That's I feel like, the, I feel like I've heard. part of the birth of, like, Hulkster. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Corey Graves probably says, I've probably heard Corey Graves say Hulkster before, that's why I'm... <laughs> But yeah, it's a shame because the tra- I think the translation is 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 natural. So maybe we could have got some cooler stuff. Maybe we could have got you know, imagine, a la- imagine Laz booking a show in the seventies at some point. Like that's maybe what he could have translated into doing. And yeah, that with it, the way he, these movies turned out, could have been a good show. Yeah, I think he he definitely could have put put like something forward that I think the fans would have really been into. Um, Maybe a little ahead of its time, but yeah, I think especially in this age of like cinematic uh, wrestling matches and stuff where we have them, um, if if we there could have been like a jump start on that, you know. I think I think it, that's an element that w- that has been really lacking with uh, pro- older pro wrestling is maybe could have used that extra power, you know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And we and now nowadays we would things like the fiend might not be so outlandish if wrestling would have taken a more cinematic turn earlier. It's interesting to think about the possible alternate history where Laz got uh, more involved backstage. I, I think the the next like standout appearance is we we got to see uh, Benjamin St James, you know everyone's favorite Georgie. Uh, he mm-hmm. was actually uh, a big part of the rock and wrestling connection that a lot of people don't know about because it's it's weirdly downplayed. I don't know if there's like a specific um, if it's part of that ongoing litigation. It's part of like Vince McMahon's like uh, just weird mentality about things that he can't spin into his own narrative 
Um, but for the 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 thought was because the first WrestleMania, I should know this off the top of my head, but I'm a fake wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As am I. This is a casual wrestling uh, fan podcast, after all. <laughs> the the first WrestleMania was in 1985, uh, mm-hmm. the the year before the the last like towards the end of um the 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 run of this film series which you think that i I feel like probably the reasoning is um just his his sour attitude he had for a while with it but towards the end um when you know you want to you want to go off with a bang you want to get you want to get that extra like um promotion out there so you have uh you have your main main character and actor team up with the biggest guy in the world hulk hogan Mm -hmm. um a lot of because um a lot of people try to attribute like uh like his connections to mr t the cindy lopper stuff with wendy richter like those connections, like Lou Albano, along alongside that as the big things. But really, if you if you dig deep enough, you find the connection to these movies is really what got WrestleMania to be big. Um, there's a lot of like debate online as to uh, what made them change from Hulk Hogan's connection to Mr. T. Because from my a lot of my research, I found that he was actually all that same stuff with Mr. T was supposed to be with an in-character Georgie. Right. Um, you, you know, you get those, like, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan would even work in uh, people's favorite phrases from these these movies into his his usual promos. Like, uh, the, f- the most famous one that if, you, if you're if you in on the secret insider wrestling knowledge, like, Dave, I, I think Dave Meltzer probably talked about how much he liked this in a Wrestling Observer way back when. Um, H- Hogan's doing his usual nonsensical promo of the time, and just goes, you know, yeah, here we go. <clears throat> just to all my little Hulkamaniacs, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and as he he turns to look at Georgie uh, mm-hmm. with an excited look on his face, and always remember to bring a rope ladder. Getting a huge pop from the crowd. It's really sad that we did not get to see any in-ring performance uh, from him. At least, at least in this time, uh, there was. I, I think that that may be why uh, they kind of scrapped it because, as you know, wrestling used to be completely taped in front of a live audience, and it was aired on tape delay. And there are instances of them reshooting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've even done it recently you know, with NXT. Um, I believe a year or two ago, uh, when, um, it would have been two years ago now, like the most recent one I can think of is, uh, Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream for the North American title. Uh, they shot two endings for it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's right. Since it ends on tape delay, uh, the fans couldn't be sure in attendance, couldn't be sure the ending, uh, like who was champion until... Uh, they saw the live broad, like the broadcast of it. So, I, from what it sounds like, with these issues, after he wouldn't, he he wasn't comfortable taking bumps, uh, especially working with the how like rough some of those people are, you know, like drug use and backstage and everything. It it seems like 
uh, that left like a sour taste in people like Hogan's mouth and stuff. So they just completely scrapped all of it and redid like multiple weeks of programming with uh, Mr. T instead of uh, Benjamin St. James. It's 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 really a shame too because Benjamin St. James talked so much around around that time. You can look up old, like, newspaper interviews or, you know, appearances in magazines, you know, just like a little interview, a two-pager. Was such a big wrestling fan, you know, like, ad- admittedly like a like a, a wrestling fan. And, you know, back then wrestling's more like, is it real, is it not? So it, it, it really is a shame to, to think of how he probably worked on these segments. People were excited to see him come out with Hogan, uh... And then he sits down to watch it on TV the next night, and he's just not there. And no one ever tells him. And he never gets paid. Yeah. Imagine imagine never getting paid by a company that you are, like, a huge fan of. Imagine, like, um, imagine working at Nintendo for a summer, and you're like, cool, I got to do this. I got to localize this thing. And then your cool localization stuff isn't in there, and they never pay you. That's what he had to go through. And it's like, I, I get it too, like, especially if you're a huge fan, you're going to be, even if you've been in like, even if you have your own star power and everything, you're still going to be like shocked by like people you meet, especially you're like a mm-hmm. fan of theirs and stuff. Um, m- more recently, like people were tweeting about uh, Tyler, the creator and Earl Sweatshirt, a uh, video of them meeting MF Doom. It's like they, they were already huge yeah. like underground hip hop stars and then they meet the guy they look up to and that inspired them for for what they do and they're like freaking out and i i imagine when when you like you get to go into the ring it's something you've loved for a long time you don't get the full breadth of the training that you you probably should have and you feel start to feel uneasy and you get like stage fright and everything you you're doing is looking stiff or it's like it's not believable um and especially, or it's you, you're not able to act as big like you're used to acting on camera, and you switch over to what's essentially like a stage play, a Broadway play with action. Yeah, and you said you got to act big, and he just he was having he was struggling making that, and then they just they don't let him know until it's too yeah. late. Yeah, and I mean, it's already kind of fishy when you're there and Mr. T's there, but. It goes into what you were saying with like these are, these are you know men, right? The the man what what Mark was saying the 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 man's man locker room. Uh, maybe they were just more comfortable with Mister T, who was an actor, but at least was known for being tough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, Definitely. So it's very 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 good observation there. Yeah. Like, Whereas Benjamin St. James might not have been. At the yeah. time, maybe maybe <laughs> after, but maybe now as p- more people discover the Marmoset Chronicles, more people yeah. are like, yeah, that's that's man, that's manlyhood, right? But mm, back then, the whole like, what's the dude's name who had the hairy chest, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, who, uh, what the hell is his name? Burt Reynolds, the mustache, and the, everyone was like, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you show that to someone now, they're like, that's just <laughs> a grandpa, like. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's like you know, uh, I I I have I have a mustache, and uh, back then, people would be like, of, of all ages, would be like, hell yeah, that's manly, that's cool. And now, working what, 
like a year ago <laughs> because of the way things have been but you, you get you get some weird old older guy who's like that's like a porno mustache it's like do you it's just like an 80s mustache like, that's just how they looked then it's just a mustache yeah <laughs> and, and yeah. it's uh it's a shame we didn't get that wrestlemania main event i think that really would have been um a big moment for uh this franchise that's uh winding down we could have gotten those big like I, I you you would have seen i think bigger like bigger draws to the box office and everything because of it people that huge exposure like wrestlemania was a gamble for vince mcmahon and mm-hmm. i i think it was a gamble for last patillo and uh benjamin st james to go and try to uh go back to an old form of promoting that just ended up not working out for him and it it's it's a huge bummer but uh talking about um wwe in the 80s we have to go to wcw in the 90s because what worked for wwe in the night in the 80s has to work for wcw in the 90s right mm-hmm. that it sure did that's why they're still around today I believe it's uh it was following let me see Yeah, it would have been it was it wasn't the only appearance uh of them in WCW programming, but uh it was it was the post Hogan in WWF hopping over to WCW before NWO where they're trying where they're just trying to build up all of their like star power and money based off of these older stars from uh that made the wwf big um it was before they had hulk hogan and randy savage and vader (laughs) and rick flair all on baywatch which is a very interesting thing that they did for an episode called bash at the beach um pretty smart pretty smart they they brought in if uh you're familiar with the Dungeon of Doom in WCW right? Maybe. So we'll Dungeon the Dungeon of Doom for for those who might not be aware about wrestling things was them trying really hard to get Hulk Hogan over into this Southern wrestling promotion who was not too keen on uh the way the yankees did it in new york in the wwf mm. and these kinds of like goofy gimmicks just it, it it did not work the most uh notable things about them is that they it was the debut of uh the big show he was the giant and it was also uh they brought back uh tommy lister uh because of his uh, appearance as Zeus in that one Hulk Hogan film. Right. But they, they wanted to have some star power for an, uh, an episode, uh, an unaired episode of WCW Saturday Night, where um, Benjamin St. James showed up with Hulk Hogan once again. Um, I, 
We haven't gotten some good information of why exactly he chose to after being spurned by him. I feel like Hogan probably gave him uh, some kind of pep talk, like, don't worry, brother, Eric Bischoff and uh, Ted Turner are going to make sure to pay you this time, brother. And, uh, yeah, and his didn't... love of wrestling is going to draw him back, right? Like... Yeah, exactly. But uh, they wanted to have like this uh, the star power like match on a go home show before I think WCW Uncensored is the one where they had like the um let me see Uncensored I think 96 is the one that has the like that has a really a really bad name yep the name of the match which is uh the Doomsday Cage match which was like a three level uh like hell in a cell elimination chamber type match where uh it ended up being just hulk hogan and randy savage because they uh they cut out like last minute they're like sorry ben you're not we can't we can't have you go on which is a bummer because this build-up match that was going to be on uh the week before on wcw saturday night was really good uh he he really in between that time of um his his bad his bad unused appearances for the wwf he he kind of he got himself trained up he uh got himself in good physique he he could take bumps he could he was a lot more acrobatic than uh they could have been than he was back then and they were going to have him as like the the good guy babyface star power to um as like a contrast to uh Tommy Lister who was playing uh basically playing his his character of Zeus from the movie that he was doing in wrestling which is also fake so it's like within the continuity of professional wrestling is he supposed to be real like the movie character or the actor or was he is Zeus the actor playing in Zeus playing Zeus in the movie it becomes really convoluted when you try and worry about it but Hulk Hogan create creative control baby and we get some really good spots from uh St. James um my favorite is when he go he Macho Man went to hit he went up to hit do his uh famous elbow drop and he, he's he's like building up the crowd uh you know you're gonna hear like an oh yeah but uh benjamin goes over and he's like nah i got this and he cl- he climbs up onto there and not only does he do a drop he doesn't do an elbow drop though he does a leg drop from the top turnbuckle so he's combining two he's combining the mega powers finishers right there um of course uh zeus is gonna kick out at 2.9 because he's not the one who's getting the pin hogan's gotta mm-hmm. go over but mm-hmm. i it, it's, i i i gotta skip right to the end there to talk about my favorite moment just because it's really cool to see and he's combining like his he's showing his like love of of the art i think there too yeah it was funny when he was up there and he and he went he was doing the like you know, crossing your arms like no, and he and he was yelling at the camera, "Oh no!" to kind of mock <laughs> Macho Man. So yeah. like, it's it like he he was a natural. Some may say, but he just never got many opportunities to show it. Yeah, right? it's um, and it's it's 
I, I've heard, uh, you know, the, there's always, like, wrestling rumors are ridiculous. I've heard some things that he got to, he got some promo time, like those, like, goofy backstage promos that they they do, like, multiple takes of and stuff, uh, yeah. where he, he does an incredible both Hulk Hogan and Macho Man impression to the point where, like... We haven't seen one nearly as good until Jay Lethal, uh, who who was able to like transform his love of classic wrestling and uh, uh, this character into a character for himself. And right. we we got to see signs of that way before some an independent star like that was able to do that. And it makes you really just all these things are a bummer because it makes you wonder just the potential that was there that they just could not capitalize on which that's wrestling of course is they there's all these things that you there's all these what ifs uh what if stone cold never went to the wwf what if wcw won the monday night wars and what if uh benjamin st james got his fair chance in professional wrestling like we even uh we'll get to it in a little bit with the nwo dennis rodman got to main event pay-per-views with Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benjamin St. James was told he would get those opportunities. And then last minute they would regularly be like, no, sorry. We just, we, we wrote the script. Can't fit you into the show. Sorry. And it's a shame. They just keep stringing him along like a puppy. And he just, you know, he, it had been not so long, but close to 10 years since the movies had kind of, wrapped up right and he was just looking for something to to not just to do but to give him that feeling that the marmoset chronicles had given him yeah throughout the previous two decades and bischoff and and mcmahon and turner and they just they just treated they just treated saint james like shit man like it sucks it sucks really bad this is why, to this day, when a wrestler is kind of being, you know, really, really poorly treated or their characters being mishandled, crowds crowds will chant, uh, Ben St. James, Ben St. James. Like, you'll see it at indie shows. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it, you know... We heard it at WrestleMania one year, right? Like we, yeah. we we heard it when we heard it when 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 Booker T lost to Triple H. What year? What what WrestleMania was that? It was two thousand four. Uh, WrestleMania you, nineteen. So that was oh that was actually probably oh three oh three okay yeah so you you can you I mean they edit it on the network now but if you have yeah. like a dvd or a, a vhs of that pay-per-view of that wrestlemania from back then you can hear ben st james ben st james yeah. in the background <laughs> and it's you know he 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 kind of lives on in wrestling in this way which i'm sure he enjoys yeah uh but it it, it when you really think back it it's gross it's gross and it, it is um something that i think is really cool that he did is even though he he, he kind of got he does he did like form a good friendship with sting backstage in these uh in the little bits that he he did while working with wcw and it was it's really cool to like because i know sting 
Uh, similarly, as like a contrast, he has had a little bit of a foray into acting. Um, yeah. The movies aren't good. Uh, I'll say that. <laughs> Are they better than the uh, Goldberg Christmas movie we watched? <laughs> um, they're, I think it's like a made-for-TV like action uh, movie for TNT. So... Because that's it's probably be- it's probably better, honestly. <laughs> it's uh better than the Ultimate Warrior movie. I know that much. Holy uh, crap! I didn't know that existed. <laughs> yeah, uh, imagine all the all the vibrance of the Warrior, but without makeup <laughs> and a character <laughs> in an action movie. <laughs> okay, uh, I've not seen the movies, but I've seen like uh, some video essays on them, and they're not great. But he did uh, form like a, a kind of friendship with Sting and. They, they've kept in touch for a bit, and a year later, um, on the build-up to uh, Starcade 97, that's the that's when Sting defeated Hollywood Hogan of the NWO. That was after, what was it, like a whole year of not wrestling on TV? Pretty close. Um, I think it was around that, yeah. Uh, Sting, Sting called him up on the build-up to... Starcade 97 is like, hey man, I know the situation you had with Bischoff and Ted Turner and the higher ups here at uh, Turner caused some problems on your Nitro appearance, but I like you a lot. I loved your appearance. I want you to. You love the be... movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want you to be a part of this build to this huge moment. I have been doing some serious character work um one uh one of stings before he was like a lot of people call him like crow sting because he's very obviously inspired by the crow uh he mm-hmm. wanted to he wanted to be more stylized after uh georgie's character um towards the like in the middle of the series when it when it starts to get um when it started to get those like weirder, more supernatural elements and things, um, he wanted to like showcase that with his face paint and everything, and they wouldn't approve it. And they they wanted to go with something a little more simplistic with the the crow design, which I get. Uh, Sting's face paint is iconic, and he still he still uses that that like style. He did do like a Joker face paint for like a little bit in Impact, which is. He, I mean, the Dark Knight was popular, so it, it was it's literally because of the Dark Knight. It's uh seeing him do stuff. He was just being. What if uh, Sting was the Joker? But it's it's fun to <laughs> it, it like it's if you see clips. Of this this stuff is more easier to like find, thankfully. But when you see clips of Sting being like the Joker, he has like smeared like ma- like lip makeup, and he's going like like waving a knife at like Hulk Hogan who's tied up in a chair or something it's really weird (laughs) that's that's really fucking weird (laughs) but he he wanted to do that so he's like they I want to have you as part of this thing um to where uh one of the final confrontations before Starcade 97 uh he was gonna he's just gonna escort him down to the ring and uh introduce him and talk about a little bit of Sting's motivations leading up to this, uh, to because he was the one hero. There's some like lower card heroes, like this is when DDP was one of the first people to stand up to the NWO. Um, but Sting wanted him to be part of this, so 
he's talking about he talks about his motivations on fighting the NWO, fighting fighting. He wants to take down Hulk Hogan. Um, he even does that. Uh, T- kind of taking some notes from Vince Russo, he does that blending of real world and fake kayfabe wrestling. Like, ooh, what, how much of this is true? And he brings up mm-hmm. the issues he has he had with Hogan a year prior and his work within the World Wrestling Federation of how um, kind of airing his grievances. Like, you know, this this uh, everyone was so surprised at Bash of the Beach '96 when Hogan turned on WCW and the Hulkamaniacs, but I knew for a, for much longer that this was, that Hollywood Hogan that was the real side of Hulk Hogan. He he only thinks for himself. He's only worried about uh, his his bank account, his fame, him going over. To which this was. This was like the start of forums and stuff for wrestling, like real wrestling weirdos. Like if we were uh, our age back in like '97, we would be on the forums talking oh, about wrestling. <laughs> and absolutely, it it caused like a fire on the forums. But uh, so that they brought him back the week after that. This is like a legendary promo from a guy who has been spurned by the wrestling business, despite his love for it. He is involved with his like he's brought back for this and the next week because wcw they completely blow it because they 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 build up for like what seems to be another segment like this where he's gonna air some more grievances about hogan and talking about his friend sting and sting comes down to the ring with him and we get the thing that plagued WCW around this time because they do not know what the hell they're doing, uh, even though it seems like they did. And uh, he takes out Sting from behind. And he jumps up yeah. onto the top rope to and does uh, the leg drop like he did uh, when he was in a match with, when he was on the team with... Uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, and then pulls off his shirt to reveal he is also a part of the New World Order. Yeah. And from what I imagine is both him and Sting were vehemently against this. Um, we know Sting would later join NWO Wolfpack when they split off into two factions, uh, when WCW was steadily heading towards the drain. Uh, but they were heavily against this, and Bischoff, Hogan, Nash, Hall, all of them were just like, "No, this will be huge. This will, this will make, this will make um, him look like a much more sympathetic character going into the big fight." And it really just feels like they wanted to scrap that what they were going with uh, Benjamin St. James because they knew. They had uh, <coughs> they had Bret Hart coming in after the yeah. screw job, right? Uh, and it was just like he was never utilized in any way, really, within NWO. If you've ever seen any NWO stuff, <laughs> like deep into NWO, when they have like 
dozens of members they'll like empty the locker room of nwo members when stuff's happening they they he he was never a part of any of that like some of it's some of it's edited out obviously but maybe one or two times of like nwo filling up a ring he was there and you know he's kind of like ushered into the back so the big stars can be in the front so the nashes and the in the in the halls and the hogans can be in the front but you know his time with nwo is again like much of what happened to him really disappointing um you bring up his relationship with sting which i think is interesting because he seemed to have held on to it for a really long time um they're obviously you know outside of wrestling they were good friends in their life down the road but did you ever see that stuff where like you know like human zoos like where they where they have <laughs> yeah. like people yep. go did you ever hear about how uh saint james would wear sting makeup at those just he's there for marmoset chronicles signings but he would like just wear sting makeup and i i i've seen i, I thought i saw one or two of those but i thought that was just like um in between like uh WCW folding and showing up with Impact that they were doing it was just like Sting showing up but that's really why, why is like Lonely Virgil the meme with like wrestling no appearances at uh, conventions that's really weird but be, because I think it's because I think it's because St. James he's at like he's at like you know the back halls of like not Comic Con but like similar size like Chicago like comic book convention number seven, and he's just sitting there in between like Star Trek people with Sting makeup on and a, and a thing behind him that says the Marmoset Chronicles, meet Georgie, and he just has Sting makeup on and it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, weird weird chapter for him. Weird chapter for him just kind of wearing <laughs> Sting makeup. I do want to talk about his his final wrestling appearance where it was uh the the last 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 time he would ever 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 make this mistake because you know it's fool me once fool me twice fool me three times he got fooled a fourth time where there's an era of (laughs) oh shit for do you know how pissed do you think he was watching David Arquette win the WCW World Heavyweight oh, oh, title? You know, they can go for whatever demographic they want to. David Arquette is more known. He, he, by... he is a bit more contemporary, yeah. But but some that. of but some of those kids grew up with the Marmoset Chronicles, right? So like some yeah. of those some of those adult men at the time grew up with that. You know, the the story of this episode of CWFP is really benjamin st james just getting just just completely getting fucked over by these wrestling promotions it's unbelievable um but david arquette (laughs) i don't even know if he knows who benjamin st james is just i don't i don't even know if i don't even know if i ever saw them interact watching old wcw stuff yeah i don't i don't think they really did i don't yeah i think they kind of ushered him away from uh St. James, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, yeah. uh, but that's you know, that's that's Russo era. So that, that, yeah, absolutely. Who knows what's happening? We don't want to go into the enigma that is Vince Russo with pro wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
his his final appearance in professional wrestling was uh, the era of guest hosts on Monday Night Raw. This was like the early 2010s and stuff to where every week would be just some celebrity who would like show up. Um, it's there, there's some like weird ones. Uh, fame, if you're a fan of the network, uh, the one with Chris Angel <laughs> introducing a match between John Cena and Vince McMahon. Uh, it probably sets off all the receptors in your interstitial or hearts intertwined brain. The only real world crossover between two seasons of that uh, tabletop role playing game uh, actual play. Uh, the, there's videos on the Got It Memorized Twitter of me and Joe just because I put it on as a joke. I just like I they have like a Google Cast and I was just like they were in the room or something. I put on Chris Angel and hosting Monday Night Raw and we lost our minds just with all the <laughs> dumb shit. He's like doing magic did, tricks in front of Hornswoggle. It's <laughs> did he actually use the Mind Freak uh, song for his entrance music? <laughs> so. On the network, it's cut a little <sighs> bit. Like, they, they do some, like, trickery. But if you find old uploads of it, he, it is just the... Dun, 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 dun. I am the mind freak! <laughs> <laughs> of him going down to the ring. Who, who the fuck is that for? <laughs> Especially, like, 2010, 11. It's, and in a who is that for, they got... They somehow were able to convince... Uh, Benjamin St. James to be a host of Monday Night Raw. So I it's... remember watching this live and and hearing the Marmoset Chronicles score as he walked out and thinking this man could not possibly be doing anything with wrestling again. I cannot believe this. That was my that was my like I remember watching it live because it was like my dad had just like you know, started getting into wrestling again, and I was like, okay, I'll sit down. Like, obviously, I was not watching wrestling every week around this time. Yeah. But I remember sitting down and watching the opening of Raw, because the guest host thing, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like 16 years old. They had Snoop Dogg on there. I'm like, that's cool. Who else could show up? In my mind, I'm like, it's going to be Marcus Phoenix from Gears of War or something <laughs> stupid because I'm a kid. But it's I hear the Marmoset Chronicles uh, theme, the, the the main score, you know, the recognizable theme yeah. that they play in the in the intro credits, and I recognize that because my grandmother's a big fan of Marmoset Chronicles films, and I was like, just knowing the story, because you know there had been IGN articles and shit about how he had just been fucked over for years by wrestling promotions, and you can't really find any of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of like a no like a little bit of a known thing how weird it is, and it's just like why would he come back? <laughs> why would yeah. he do this again? Like they they don't they usually with those like guest appearances they do like backstage segments and they usually they'll like introduce the main event like I said with um with the uh, uh, backstage with Chris Angel he's doing like magic tricks backstage he he impressed um uh Saint. Santino Morella with a weird magic trick mm. with Chris Angel. So that's kind of like, so so everyone has an understanding of like the kind of stuff that you usually get from these segments with, uh, with these ones though, 
like one of the thing, the only thing I could think of really is I think this was also on the build up when there's lots of rumors that they were adding the Marmoset Chronicles to the Criterion Collection, and mm-hmm. there was already like a big like Lord of the Rings or like you know those big box sets of like books where you can it's like here's all the Harry Potter books in this nice packaging, right? And they, they, they this was I I think this was him just like kind of doing a favor, just like yeah I'll. For the big like box set release of the DVDs, I'll go and just do some advertising for you. Well, they're like, "Hey, we got you a connection to Monday Night Raw. They're actually going to pay you this time. You don't have to worry about anything." Um, where they in each of the backstage segments, they would just have him painfully, basically reread lines from, uh iconic scenes in the movies to it would be it could be like the Miz and the Miz would being a heel just be like does anyone even care about those movies which you know he's doing he's doing like his heel stuff you know this is pre like Hollywood Miz so like he couldn't talk about like people will see the Marine 27 before they see your (coughs) your dumb crap but uh it's got it's kind of like hurt to some kind of core. Some like yeah. part of him is like he's been screwed over by this industry, and then a guy within this industry is kind of like talking down to him. It, or you you have some like kind of funnier stuff where you'd have like Kelly Kelly be like, "Oh my God, my dad loves those movies. Can I get yeah. a picture with you?" Yeah. Um, no, may, maybe maybe. Uh, I th- I think he could have been a positive influence on a lot of these people backstage too. For this night, he should have. Maybe he he didn't. He just like was stressed out about like worrying about like his past experience with wrestling. He couldn't. But I feel like Ted DiBiase Jr.'s acting career could have gone better if he got some acting tips from him. Um, yeah, I feel if, like yeah. Uh, totally. I I do think too that Cody Rhodes got some advice from him was like hey oh, man definitely i have had some bad experiences with this company and i i hope for for you kid i'm a big fan of your dad's i loved watching when i'd be like on the set um for those early marmoset chronicles movies i would watch like your dad versus rick flair and i just loved like the hard times promo and stuff so and Cody Rhodes was very receptive of that, and you know, yeah, and it, def- it definitely influenced him going forward in some way to be, yeah. you know, the American nightmare that he is today. Yeah, the, the Cody Rhodes everyone knows, which is you know, why those rumors always swirl every couple of months. Like, is Benjamin St. James going to be on Dynamite? But we'll see. Uh, who knows? That's that. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. I think we're getting. I, I really I wanna I, I would like to speculate a little bit because like this his guest appearance on here, um, I think is the only one that really worked out pretty well for him. But due to him just getting fed up and being like, all this other stuff in your library I've not been compensated for or was taken off of TV, uh, without my knowledge I want to sue for damages and like litigation and stuff for wasted time. And I'm not a lawyer so I don't know how this stuff would work, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't see this one, even though it's the most like tame. It's not like he doesn't do a whole lot. He's just like backstage segments with the talent and introducing main event, which was I don't know Cena wins lol probably. 
Mm. Like, it was Super Cena at that at that time. So the the connection between the like loose connection between uh, the Marmoset Chronicles, not loose, but like direct, loose to the public, but direct to people who have seen this stuff on 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 Nitro and old Monday Night Raw and you know Laz Patillo showing up on WWF. It, it's it's the the undercurrent of influence is there, you know. You've you've probably heard of finishers like Shadow Kit and Logica, and yeah. For God's sake, there's a wrestler whose one of his nicknames is Purgatory De- Bureaucrat. So like, <laughs> it's directly tied to it in specific ways. I think there's two things that could rectify this if if Saint if Saint James can can appear on an episode of Dynamite. Yeah, absolutely. And if 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 St. James is put in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's, you know, I want to, usually talking about the stuff, you want to avoid politics, you want to have an escape. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have Donald Trump in the Hall of Fame, and you have other people within the Hall of Fame calling for his removal, like Mick Foley... Yeah, I I I think I think this is a good person who they could like replace. They could just replace his spot with him. Even uh, mm-hmm. the Hall totally. of Fame, the Hall of Fame is like a nice like honor to all these people who gave a lot of their time and uh life like lowering the life expectancy for this industry and that specific business. And while I don't think he took any bumps that puts him at risk of like CTE or like regular health problems that a lot of wrestlers have. He did Mm -hmm. devote like a lot of time that just got wasted. That was wait. Yeah. And he, he inspired a generation or at least a couple of independent and maybe now NXT wrestlers. Like I said, purgatory bureaucrat finishers out there like Logica and shadow kit shit. When you hear sh- sh- the Shadow Kit yelled at a takeover, come on. Yeah. Like, you, if you don't know where that came from, look it up. That's oh, an, yeah. 100%. Like, so, the, the influence is there. And St. James should be in some way um, respected Yeah, by, by, by professional wrestling. And it's... um. It's it's also like a shame that if if they would have like let him or these appearances would have worked out better and they would have let him do his thing and bring his like style and movie star power to these we could have gotten really interesting segments where he is showing off he, he's like fate like a, a f- another meetup with. Uh, like in like WCW in the nineties, like he could have mm-hmm. a meetup with the the man who played Paul Harris from the first movie. Like could have gotten like that would have been really cool to see. Even though he's not playing his character, the guy's not playing his character, but we recognize those faces. It'd be like, what if you could get uh like Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker in a ring? As, like, guest tag partners. Of course, 
that's not who they actually are because it's Hayden Christensen and everything. But you, visually, we know who those people are, and just like yeah. that kind of meetup is really exciting. And I think right. it, it's definitely more exciting than to because I'm a wrestling fan. I, I find it it's like an interesting thing versus just like what if they they reboot this or they do like if, if Disney acquired the rights to these movies and wanted to make a reboot or just continue it and they have cgi computer goo versions of them on the big screen like it 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 would still be cool to see but it just would not have that same impact you know yeah totally and wrestling like we said earlier there are so many there's so many like performance level like like stage performance level things that happen in wrestling now from promos to like outlandish supernatural seeming things i think a good i think a good way to 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 pay respects to him would be to kind of recreate the ending of the plot the paper in the place we end up where saint james can kind of meet himself in the ring and you can have like you know a desert on the titan tron i know it's not called titan tron on dynamite but use a hologram of some kind they've done that in the past on dynamite i'm sure like come on give this give this guy his due he deserves one one good moment in wrestling one good moment that everyone gets to see i'm gonna tweet at tony khan after this after we're done doing this to get him to to get to get (laughs) to get saint james onto dynamite They've already got Sting teaming up with uh, Stinks exactly Stinks with Darby Allen. Uh, we got Snoop Dogg doing a fucking god awful, miserably bad frog splash. Yeah, like it's it couldn't hurt. Yeah, at at St. James' age, he could he could get in there, lay some elbows, throw some guys around, and get a standing ovation from the crowd. And I feel like that could not justify or make better everything that happened to him throughout his loose wrestling career. But it it would definitely make him feel better. And it would definitely feel better for wrestling fans, fans of the Marmoset Chronicles. Uh, it's what I'm looking for. It would be perfect to do it like a like an all-in or something. Yeah. Like, uh, they had... They they had like Mike Tyson introduce a belt. Have him like introduce like uh, they could. I I you know people talk down about like the twenty four seven title because it's not as fun as the hardcore title. And they also I don't even think WWE gives a shit about the twenty four seven title anymore. Uh, yeah. Uh, they I I do think like just that like element of chaos would be good. And I think as a way to like represent his chaotic history with professional wrestling he could introduce uh a defended anywhere anytime title like uh ddt pro in japan they have the iron metal weight belt i think is the one they have that has those rules where like a blow-up doll and a table has has like won that title vince mcmahon's uh star (laughs) star on the walk of fame has held that title (laughs) that's yeah yeah, see, like that's so, like he, like he he could like introduce that to um the AW audiences, like 
we could we could endlessly look how we could how, how he could make his appearances T- totally he, he's like he, he should get the these like honors that f- through all the bullshit he has had to put up with a rumble spot andre the giant uh memorial battle royale spot anything someone be had. so much more interesting than uh fucking saturday night live guys yes yeah and he could come out in you know some of the suits or you know whatever he wore in the marmoset chronicles he could come out in any of that you could play the theme from the movie Whatever studio has it, whatever rights hell it could be in nowadays, could be Film Rise, could be Shout TV, whoever's got it, <laughs> you let him do it. But of course, ask him first. I'm going to pester him on Twitter again when we're done <laughs> to see if he wants to do this. Yeah. And I, I really think it turned off like some of the other uh, co-stars from movie, movies from trying to also make their own appearances like they i don't think he i think he's the only one who really had like a passing interest in wrestling so i don't think the rest of them really would want to pursue it but definitely hit his experiences and him just like talking to them to be like this is i don't know why i keep getting screwed over like this this is bullshit like that's it's really like it's just so much that could have that could have been, which is the story of wrestling, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it's, feels like a bummer regularly. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of, you know, WrestleMania pre-show hosting gigs that could have gotten passed up or scoffed at because, like, well, they don't pay people and they treat people like shit. And you know, like, yeah, yeah you guys had RoboCop on, and you know. <laughs> obstacle core that i was in was a lot like kind of robocop aesthetically but i don't yeah. i don't think i think i'm good really like i'll stick to you know today's show appearances <laughs> i don't blame I, them I, i'm in talks with e to or like amc to have uh, a show that's just following me around people like to watch gene simmons and e- eddie money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when we used to watch those Eddie Money commercials all the time on Access? <laughs> yeah. That was that was weird. Shit. <sighs> and I don't know, maybe he could have had appearances with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know if he'd want to work stiff, but even then, like just the idea him him two sweeting with the Bullet Club. I know New Japan doesn't like to do those kinds of like one-off celebrity yeah. appearance type things, but it could have been just like Maybe 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 Kenny Omega. I know he's mostly a video games guy. Maybe he's like just a little bit into these things. He even like ring announcing. You know, he has a good voice. Yeah, he could have announced a, like a like a like a Wrestle Kingdom pre-show match or something. And I know the Marmoset Chronicles are popular in Japan, so you know anything would have been. Yeah would have been good still can be you know he's getting up there in age but still can be yeah well i think i think that that kind of concludes what we have to talk about with uh with these appearances on with professional wrestling Mm -hmm. um thank god he did not try and make any appearances for tna 
Um, he, I feel like TNA definitely wouldn't have screwed him over, but the money would not have been worth it, and he would have just been embarrassing himself on television. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure TNA would have loved him, but he was right to kind of have given up at that point. Yeah. Like, like with TNA, what, what didn't work for WWE, we can make it work, and I don't, I don't know if they could have even made... Uh, they they could have given him the time, but he could have. Uh, I don't know if it would have uh, been worth it at all. Well, I don't think so either. Since since we're here, where can we find you on the internet, Cameron? You can find me on Twitter at Cam Hambone. I'm tweeting about video games and the state of the world. I need to be tweeting about video games more, which I will be doing, and. Jory and I are going to get back to making episodes of CWFP semi regular. Look, we're both in school. We both, <laughs> both have jobs. jobs. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of have a job. <laughs> um, I think, we're both I think busy. We're, we're, I think what we probably, we're just going to try and like pick a pay-per-view once a month and be like, hey, here's this. And, and fulfill the promise, the years-long promise now, of following more wrestling-related media than just wrestling. We've watched <laughs> yeah. some movies with wrestlers in them recently where wrestlers were the stars, and they yeah. were terrible. And we'll talk about them at some point. <laughs> One of them being No Holds Bar, starring um, Hulk Hogan. And um, I just call him Debo because I'm an asshole. What's his name? Tommy Lister. T- I yeah. think most people just call him Devo. Honestly. Yeah, that's yeah, because the Friday movie appearance. But we'll talk about. Unfortunately, it's been so long since we watched that. It's been probably what two, three months now. Probably have to rewatch it. Uh, uh, I'll probably yeah, rewatch it. I was also intoxicated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea to watch it again. Um, let me, and let then me look at my library really quick to see just how long it's been. And what was September the name of the... 25th. Wow, Jesus. Uh, what was the name of the Goldberg movie? Santa Slay. Santa Slay. Yeah, so we'll probably cover that closer to Christmas. Obviously, that is the full length of, uh, you know, the year away or close to it. So, uh, yeah, more wrestling related media. Um, yeah. So that's me. What about you, Jory? Where can people find you and more things you do if they like themselves some Jory? Uh, you can find me uh, at, at no, I'm Jory. Um, I have been having some problems with people recently trying to tell me that they're Jory, which is just not true. It's me. I've never I'm said Jory. that. I've never said I'm Jory. If, if you did, we wouldn't be here right now. Well, you wouldn't okay. be here right now, at least. <laughs> um, interpret that however you want, listeners. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I have a few podcasts going on, uh, we are watching One Piece is, uh, currently, uh, twice a month, thanks to our Patreon backers, uh, we hit that goal, if we drop below the goal, we'll take it away from you, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but mostly just because, like, it, it's a lot of time to watch, like, ten episodes of an anime. Yeah, twice totally. a month and talk about it for like especially because we record for like two and a half hours sometimes uh but uh me and cam are gonna get back to uh some wrestling stuff i'm gonna try and schedule some recordings for some more citizen hank because um it's way overdue for that but you know the state of the world and how things are it's hard to be motivated to do anything yeah um 
big thank you to uh this is coming a couple months three four months after the stream and everything but big thank you to everyone who tuned in to extra life uh donated money to us um we're able to i can't even i need to see the amount that we raised uh this did did they tweet out how much we raised at the end uh, i don't know cannot find it we did <laughs> we did raise like twice of what we did like okay yeah here it is a pinned tweet we were we were able to raise uh two thousand two hundred sixty dollars for children's hospital um feels really good for us to uh be able to do those things and we had a lot of fun doing it and we're thankful for all you guys who continue to support us not only just for charity events but just the network itself um checking out th like the group shows like things like champs in the making where we all just scream about pokemon and things like that and staying active in our discord server so we want to give a big thank you to everyone there and we encourage you to check out a show on the network that you might not have checked out before whether or not you have like um experience because a lot of it's covering media even if you don't have some experience with it uh something like nervous rex uh chris and joe talking about the first episode of evangelion even if you haven't watched the show like just their discussion on the first episode which doesn't have a whole lot of spoilers because chris is chris's first time watching the series you can maybe get a good feel maybe you discover a new show you like or um on Argonauts with Martin and Andrew, they regularly talk about like ARGs, and they've they've covered some really big ones like um, Ben Drowned. They've talked about the I, Lo I Love Bees Halo Two. Arc, that one's awesome. Which that that one was fun to listen to because they don't like even through tangential knowledge I have of Halo between Cameron and a friend of ours, I was able to be like, Hey, that's cool that they mentioned Halo reach. They mentioned like reach all the way back in a promotional campaign in 2004. And then mm -hmm. it became like a big thing in the games even. So you, you get like when they, especially when they cover like args that with media properties, you get really interesting information or there's just really cool ones. Like I think my favorite one that they covered was, I think it was called Art of the Heist. Um, it was an ARG for... Um, yeah, it was an, an ARG to promote the Audi A3 in uh, the <laughs> mid-2000s. And okay. there was like... Uh, real world confrontations with the characters at like music festivals and like e3 there was like a nerd fight between two characters at e3 which i can only imagine for the people who weren't in on it just what the fuck is happening if you're seeing that but it's really like stuff like that's really interesting and you just like i i haven't seen like youtubers talk about it like there's a lot of stuff to discover here on the network yeah um, yeah like, we ranked all the uh, Guitar Hero songs. That's fun. <laughs> like, that's, that's really cool. And there's also a ton of them, so that's yeah. dedication. <laughs> so, uh, a big thank you to everyone. And uh, also thank you for listening to us talk about these very obscure 
wrestling appearances that are really hard to find. Almost impossible, some would say. 